Welcome to the ATA Spanish Language Division podcast. This is your host, Dolores Guiñazú. Yost Setchem is the industry's leading translation technology consultant and a published author on various aspects of translation. He has a computer guide for translators, a translator's toolbox, and a technical newsletter for translator that we receive every month in our emails. He has published two books, Found in Translation and Translation Matters, and he's an ATA certified English German translator and ATA honorary member. He's from Hamburg, Germany, and he has earned a PhD in Chinese translation, history, and linguistics. Hello, Jost. Thank you for being here today with us in our podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. Great. And Jost, how did you become this technological expert and highly specialized linguist that you are today? How how did that happen? I um I about not quite twenty years ago, maybe eighteen years ago. Or so I um I was on site with a number of other translators at a job. Um, they it was a company that we worked for that we um, did a localization job for, and they all flew, they flew us all out to um, their head quarters and made us do work online for two or three weeks and um, I mean on site for two or three weeks and I realized that many of my colleagues spend a lot of time not with translating but with trying to master the technology that they were working with and while I wasn't great at it I was better at it let's say and, and I felt that's really weird that we're working on such technical materials the, the Um, the product we were working with was highly technical, but and we are doing well translating it, but there seemed to be a disconnect between what we were translating and our own expertise in using tools to translate this material. And and so I decided that it would be a, maybe a good idea to to change that and to encourage translators to to um, not only be technical in their expertise as far as what they're translating, but how they're translating also. And and so I started to write um, my newsletter, and shortly after I, I wrote, my, um, the, my, wrote a book about um, translation technology. And, um, and of course, this is, you know, I'm talking about something that happened 15 or 18 years ago. And I think that we have changed as translators, we are today more willing to accept technology um, but back then I we really struggled to realize that it would be good to use technology and my mission was kind of to change that and and that's how it started you feel like a very confident in beginning or incorporating all the new the new study or the research to connect that technology with the translation part of the of, of your business well I didn't feel very confident but I um, found out that technology vendors um, were also desperate to 
communicate the importance of their technology to translators. So they were very willing to talk to me, to use me as a, not as a spokesperson, but as somebody who could sort of explain in simple terms or in simple language what the technology could do for translators. So in the process of um, of writing about technology, I I became good friends or I, I you know, talked to many technology vendors who then, you know, showed me that technology and and um and I, I think I was able to kind of translate that into terms that translate if you will, pun intended here, um, into into terms that made sense for translators and um and I think that is my expertise rather than being feeling really confident about technology. I don't feel confident about technology, but I feel confident that technology can do something positive and and um and um that's that's my confidence that I can bring rather than you know understanding the technology inside out I don't but I do understand what it can do for me and possibly other translators perfect and every every month that all all of us are eagerly waiting for the toolbox <laughs> journal to arrive in our emails uh, we'll sometimes wonder how how do you keep at the forefront of all the, these new technologies and developments that you are constantly i mean all of them constantly evolving but how do you are always like a step ahead or like introducing um, to us all these new trends or new advances coming in the in our profession well i think it's again about about relationships so i have you know i know many of the technology vendors and they know me and often they let me know if something new is happening and and um let me have a peek at what they're planning to do in a few months from now a few weeks from now and that allows me to keep abreast of technology that is you know coming soon and um So that, um, I mean, I, I'm still trying to um, also research and find stuff myself, but very often I'm being contacted by, by developers that are very eager to talk to me so that I can then talk to, to um, well, potential customers and, and, and translators. Perfect. And what new development do you predict perhaps in the next perhaps 10 years, it's a lot, or five years that are going to occur in the translation and localization industry? Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, artificial intelligence is um, mm -hmm. something that we all talk about and many of us worry about. I think that we sometimes misunderstand what artificial intelligence is and what it can do. It's very powerful, but it's not nearly as powerful, as I think, as we sometimes assume. So at the present time, artificial intelligence is just a very um, <clears throat> efficient way of dealing with a lot of data and making decisions on the basis of data that a computer has been fed. Presently, computers are not able to make decisions on data that they don't have. So they cannot, um, so for instance, when it comes to machine translation, um, where artificial intelligence is being used, 
a computer cannot come up with new language. A computer can co only come up with the language that he's been trained on and make decisions on, on that. He is not able to further language or to develop language, something that we as translators do every day, right? We, we, um, we talk about um, new stuff that we need to translate. We also need to often use new language for that. That's something a computer cannot do. So what um, I think what we will see is that artificial intelligence will um, be used by us in a number of ways, not just machine translation, also project management, um, quality assurance, et cetera, et cetera. And that it will become a more natural um, uh, part of our, um, of our tools or of, of the way we, we deal with translation. Um, and I think we will also, and I hope that that's going to be the case, we will also find more creative ways of using it. So right now, for instance, I'm looking at the way we use machine translation, many of us do, and we use it in a very, um, sometimes in a not particularly creative way. We post-edit machine translation, some of us do, many of us mm -hmm. do. And that's not very creative. That's just responding to what the computer tells us it could be, and then we correct it. And sometimes it's pretty good what the computer um, suggests, sometimes it's terrible, but we just respond to what the computer tells us. What I hope and what I imagine we might be learning is to, to have us sort of as the center of translation and the computer responding to us versus we responding to the computer. That's, that's my hope. And, and, um, and I, so, so it's, we're not, we're not there yet. We're not, I think we still have to learn to use technology more efficiently and, and, and better. But, um, but I think we have made really great strides. We're not, really worried about using technology anymore, I think, overall. And, um, and, but we are, I think there's still room for improvement how we can deal with it. Yes, and do we have to, to panic or to, I mean, to, to worry about all these new AI presence to be even more in the near future? No, I, well, I, you know, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. not on the basis of what we presently have as AI. Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, how, would, how can I know what is going to happen with, um, with uh, you know, artificial intelligence on a completely different level, but we're not, you know, what we do not know is whether it's completely different level where the computer is making decision on its own is ever going to happen um, or if it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, At the present time, with the present kind of artificial intelligence that we're using, we have we don't have to worry at all. That it's um, it's it can be used as a really good tool, but it's not something that's going to take away our jobs. If in 20 or 30 or 50 years from now, computers have are able to um, to make decisions like humans can make decisions, well. Well, then we have to worry about our jobs as translators, but I think that everybody will have to worry about their jobs at that point. Uh, you know, at a recent, in a recent conference that I spoke at, yes. I, I said that translators are the very last ones sort of to... Actually, I said that translators are the ones who are going to switch off the lights in the office 
what, what I wanted to say with that is that translators are among the very last ones, I think, to lose their job if it ever comes to that. Yes, and we love that. I'm going to keep that phrase <laughs> because I think it's great. Oh, is there, oh and um, if um, if once computers can do that, computer anything. There is no. It's not a coincidence that that um, co that computer developers or writers talked about machine translation so much from the very get go because they understood that once they read machine, once they reach a um, truly competent machine translation. Um, they've reached sort of everything with, with um, they, they made the computer quasi-human. We're very, very far from that right now. Um, um, and we don't, at, at the present time, have to worry that it's going to happen at any time soon. But um, once it does happen, we're all out of work. And then we have to completely redefine what, what it means to be human, what it means, what, what, what work means, what, um, you know, what creativity means, et cetera, et cetera. So no worries right now. Who knows what's going to happen in 20 or 30 years? I'm certainly not yeah. in the position to know that. For sure. And for example, my, my youngest girl who is in elementary school, I think that perhaps that when she finishes or when she graduates, perhaps the the careers or the, the the even the jobs will be like different and not known yet perhaps many things will change in 10 years for, for the future for her to to choose it's possible but i think it might also not happen for another 50 years you know so i uh, think that um obviously developers and the large technology companies are really pushing for this step for that point But um, I, um, I think neither I nor anyone really knows when that point is going to be. In fact, some of the leading machine translation developers um, say that they have no clue. And, and if they don't have any clue, I certainly don't have any clue, and, and, and none of us really do. And, and so um, to base a fear on something that might or might never happen is kind of silly. So it's, yeah. it's a good idea, I think, to just say, we have a job that we like right now. We know that only we, rather than the computer, can do it. And, and, and that should settle it for now, I think. That's it, to live in the present. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, for 2020, let's say that's close, Which is your basic and essential toolkit for, for translators that you recommend? I think so. Um, I think rather than a list of tools, what I would recommend for translators is to, to um, stay informed and to really try to understand what technology is and what it can do for them. Once they understand that, I think. Um, they will be able to use it adequately. And the answers, I think, what kind of te technology to use um, will be different for every translator. I think there is no tool set that is valid, No, not one tool set or two or three tool sets that is valid for all translators. Instead, um, we have to evaluate, I think, how we work and how technology can fit into that. But to understand how technology can fit into that, whether it's machine translation, whether it's translation memory, whether it's really good um, 
terminology databases, whether it's quality assurance, whatever it might be, depends on how we work and what that technology can do. So we have to understand what that technology does. So I think it's prudent for every technology, for every translator to stay abreast of the developments of technology and to, um, and to, to continually reevaluate whether that technology fits into my way of working. Perfect. Like a tailor-made um, product uh, or adapted to your own needs, you mean? I, I think it's completely true. Of course, there are other factors as well. There is, of course, clients who have certain requests. You know, it's, it will silly sure. to ignore that. I mean, if a client requires a certain set of tools, then um, I can either choose not to work for that client or I can or I will work with that certain set of tools, right? Um, the same is true if I um, work with other colleagues, with other freelance translators, and they work with a certain set of tools, and I want to rely on their expertise how to use those tools, then I also likely will work with those tools. Um, but um, if, um, you know, um, if I start out and uh, as a translator or have not really um, you know adopted technology to a great degree the first thing rather than buying technology is to learning about technology and once i understand what it is then i need to see how it fits with in my expertise as a translator and and whether i'm willing to integrate or let that technology be part of my workflow. Great. Thanks, Jost. And do you have a word or phrase that you like the most or the things defines you? You know, you sent me that question ahead of our interview and I thought and thought and thought about it and so I So many words. <laughs> So many words. Uh -huh. Actually, the word that I, the word that I, I, I first I thought, oh, I'm going to have a really spiritual term that's going to be really impressive, <laughs> and I couldn't come up with any. So, so the the term that I came up with is variety. I like variety, and um, I mean that's what we said at the beginning of this interview that I sometimes miss variety when I work in very large jobs for one client. Um, I long for variety, and I, I want variety in my work and that's how i'm trying to organize my work to be to i i love to do many different things even in one given day and um and so i'll i'll choose variety i like it a lot variety perfect that encompasses <laughs> a lot of things i mean it's a very powerful word yeah it, could be. it can be mm -hmm. right. yes for sure <laughs> Well, Jos, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for sharing all your knowledge and for giving us always um, the best advice and a very thoroughly study of every new technology, tool, everything that appears in, in our world. Thanks a lot. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jost. Please visit our website, ataspd.org. Subscribe to iTunes, Spotify to access all the information, resources, and very useful materials of our division. Remember, get inspired, and together 
we are with growth until next time